Welcome to the Local Waste Music Podcast, where we capture the sights, sounds, and smells of the Columbus, Ohio music scene. Now, here's your hosts, Pat and Linda. Hi, Local Waste listeners. We're going to get right to it because this is part two of the Matt Reber and Colin Gowell episode. And if you remember, uh, last time Matt was discussing his band, Bell Reeve, and that's where we pick up again. Matt is talking about Bell Reeve. Let's listen in. So, so Matt, I know a lot of our listeners are going to be disappointed if I don't ask you about Bell Reeve. Yeah, please. I was just going to, I was in, when I was in the bathroom, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, absolutely. my, um, you know, I kept telling myself like, I don't want this to all be about yeah. like mm. new bomb Turks because mm-hmm. I feel like people have heard that shit. Yeah, we don't want it to be either. So. You know, I know, I know, but it's like people have heard that or whatever. You know, like there's a fucking book or whatever, um, and you know, but but really, you know, like I mean, I kind of hinted at this with you know when I said like John Stickley turned me on to my bloody valentine yeah and it wasn't like the loveless record it was the record before the loveless record the loveless mm-hmm. record was the one that kind of like everybody showed heard yeah. the world yeah but um i became obsessed with that and became obsessed with with ride and and like all this kind of like shoegazy kind of stuff um and you know so with bell reeve like i kind of you know, I wanted to start another band, and this is before like the you know the Turks were really anything. You right. Know? This is like this the year after the Turks yeah. it was put. The, yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that yeah. it came out, but it like it started. So it was all about Bernie's, you know, and and you know um, Elizabeth uh, Young was you know was a friend, and she was a bartender at at you know Bernie's at Bernie's. Yeah. And so was Jenny Mullen, you know, mm-hmm. a bartender. And um, they were friends of the Turks. I mean, they were just like, you know, probably the only people that like, you know, like liked us, besides, <laughs> you know, like besides Pat, P-A-T, um, the band. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, But, uh, you know, like it was, and, and Jerry, you know, like Jerry and I were really, really good friends. Um and Jerry was part of the band for a second. Yeah, he was. He was. And and it's also like my roommate Pete. Jer- Jerry Wick. Apparently, yeah, Jerry yeah. Wick. Yeah. And like so Pete from who I met have known since fourth grade. Yeah. And we came to OSU together. Um He played you the Kiss album that you played with the No, he played me the the No, the Kiss album was in Oklahoma City. Oh, sorry, the, yeah. like he had like the brother who was at WOSR, so we knew we wanted to be at WOSR. Okay, gotcha. But, like, Pete, Pete's my best friend since fourth grade, and, and really, like, I still keep in touch with him and all the Odie Bontai guys as of, like, last week. <laughs> like, we have, like, a running, like, email thing Sweet. going on. Yeah. Um, so, like, Pete wanted to play guitar. Pete was a drummer. And he and I just, when we lived together, just started, like, kind of, like, playing stuff together and recording stuff. And I was like, I, like, I thought Pete was because he'd never, he wasn't a trained guitar player. He was kind of like, like coming up with all kinds of like weird, cool shit, you know, mm-hmm. because he was approaching it from something different. So I'm like, let's get the Like, you know, let's get some other people that don't know how to play, mm-hmm. you know? And so Lisa, as we, as we called Elizabeth at the time, yeah. um, she wanted to play bass and you know she wanted to be in a band and jenny wanted to play drums or whatever so we all just kind of like started playing and i think jerry initially jerry wick was initially part of like 
you know, like, I want to be in a band with you guys too, you know, <laughs> is, you know, and, and we were like, yeah, cool, Jerry, you know, so yeah. we all started practicing and we lived on the house on 19th. Um, and we started practicing in the basement and the very first practice that we had, um, Jerry realized that Pete was a drummer and even though I wanted Pete to play guitar because I wanted Pete to find his guitar thing, yeah, you yeah. know, and I had started playing guitar and I'll get in later why I started playing guitar again. Um, so we just started playing and, and he, he moved Pete to drums and I don't know what Jenny was doing. <laughs> yeah. and, and like, and then he's like, I'm going to show you a song. And the song sounded just like, you know, gaunt. like a gaunt song. <laughs> and so instead of confronting him about it, like, the second or third practice, we just moved it to my place and didn't tell him. <laughs> you know? So I was just like, well, I want to play guitar. This is cool, you know. And so I formed, you know, I was just like, let's get my friends and we'll just play. Yeah. You know? yeah. And um, and then we kicked Jerry out and then and then <laughs> Pete moved to, to L.A. Uh-huh. And um, well, I don't think you technically kicked Jerry out. You just didn't no, tell we him didn't. I mean, was. we you know, we gave him a, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, as far as Jerry, like, to kick Jerry out, you know there's going to be some blowback. Yeah, you know, you yeah. know that you're going to have to face him. Oh, I got to send you this great le- this great letter that Jerry's going to give you. Um, so, you know, it was just a bunch of friends that that wanted to play, and 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 people like people liked us. You yeah, know, like um, Bela uh-huh. right, <laughs> liked yeah, us. Yeah. Ron liked it. You know, like the Moviola guys liked us. Uh-huh. Um, but it was never like I mean as it went on, like it was a struggle for me to, to play, you know, it was like a lot of like, I had to go through a lot of hoops to, to even face people and sing in front of people. Uh And, um, there were tears, you know, like, you know, Elizabeth was a new player too. And so like, we were all just like, just to get through a song, we're just kind of like struggling and, you know, like, I mean, but we made some records. Yeah. And Slumberland, you know, like this West Coast or West Coast label like did something too. Yeah, they compiled the singles and made yeah. some extra songs yeah. too, right? Yeah. And it, it, you know, and and so it was cool even though it was like, you know, like hard like every gig was like hard uh-huh. to do. We had a couple really really great gigs. Like the the one time we played with the Faith Healers was probably like the best show we ever played where we all felt good mm-hmm. after it. Yeah. And, you know, like, I, I don't know. It was, it was weird. I think like, I, I'm, I'm not good as a, as a front person, uh-huh. you know? So, um, my anxiety about that. And well, there's a, it was a special band and a lot of, a lot of people on this podcast have, have cited Bell Reeve as one of their favorite Columbus bands. Like, in the yeah, past. that's so, cool. I mean, like I, it's, it's nice to hear that stuff. I mean, yeah. it was like, it was torture for me uh-huh. just because like, and this is before I like went to therapy or got on Zoloft or <laughs> yeah. anything like, just like the social anxiety yeah. that went through me. I mean, it was just like, I mean, I felt like I probably just like distributed that to everybody else in the band. Or <laughs> but we did a reunion for, for one of Bela's anyway fest. And uh-huh. it was cool. You uh-huh. know, it was like cool to like get back together and, and like, you know, um, Elizabeth got she married Wayne from Stupid Fucking Hippie, right? Wayne Lynn, <laughs> yeah, Wayne yeah. Lynn, and they and they have a they they had a house and a practice space all set up for us, <laughs> and it was cool to relearn all those songs. 
And we got so good at relearning the songs that we even invited Mark Spurgeon <laughs> to play a teenage fan club song with us, which is like something yeah. we would have never, ever dreamed. Yeah. You know, I was just like, never, ever. <laughs> but um, I don't know. So, yeah, like yeah. Belle Reve is, is really like, you know, important for mm-hmm. me, too. When we played Seattle, we went we went to like you know Fourth of July at at you know Steve Turner's uh-huh. place from Mud Honey. Yeah, and these dudes start showing up, and it's dudes from like you know Pearl Jam and, uh-huh. and like these bands, you know, yeah. and and I was just like, like man, you know, Steve, how are you friends with these motherfuckers, you know? And I'm like, but wait a minute, you know, he's like we all came up together. We were in bands together. Yeah. You know, he kind of like explained, it's like this guy, Rob Vasquez was there and he, he had a band called night and days and, and like, just is a really like bitter. He's like the Don Howland of, of, you know, Don Howland's not bitter. He's a yeah. sweet guy, but you know, he's like, you know, like that kind of figure in Seattle. And yeah. it was just like, it was obvious to me at that point, I was like, these guys are all friends. They just happen. Some of them happen to get famous. You yeah. Know? yeah. That never happened really in Columbus. No. But it's like, you know, I went to Sam's 50th birthday party and RJD two's there. Who's somebody that used to come yeah. into to singing dog all the time. And right. who I've known forever. And, you know, yeah. you know, and he's had his own success and things like that. But it's like, it's all about like the friendships that have happened yeah. in our little no, totally. Town, and I, and I, by know? the way, I forgot Dan Cochran's name, who plays. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Dan's the league Yeah, he made that beer, man. I know, dude. Dude, he, he made that <laughs> the with hilltop Rick. beer. He made that at praying practice with the lonely bones with Rick Kinzinger. They talked about it so much. Like, oh, dude, really? We got to stop talking about beer because we that was the no, that was man. the band. I was like, I said, uh, Dan, you made a beer <laughs> that's not a fucking stinky nope. ass IPA. Well, it's a rock and roll yeah. beer. He said, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I don't think I'm speaking no. of school. He's like, I need to make a beer like you drink beer at practice because I'm like the Budweiser guy. Yeah. But not that I, you know, can't Dan have did, that nine percent beer. No, no nothing no. fancy. Yeah. But but it's you know, like you think about, and I'm just kind of reflecting now. Like, obviously Joe wrote his book, or whatever, and you know Bayless book, and reading Bayless too. Like I'm mean, always like pretty much all the action from Bernie's up to library and stashes. You would see all these people. Yeah. All the oh, time. Yeah. yeah. Like and and it, and it was like. We were more of a library bear bar because my fake ID worked there first, right? I had the nine, so someone made the seven, made it nine into a seven. Yeah. yeah. And cricket was kind of, I could get in there. Yeah. So, like, that's where I'd hang out. And that became kind of where we'd hang out only because we could get in there. And, you know, you know, you read, obviously, everyone was around, but you'd see everybody all the time. And, like, I'm, I'll, 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 sh- I'll sh- share a Jerry Wick story I never could tell me because I'd see Jerry all the time. And, you know, he's a prickly guy. I think we can say that. Yeah. He'd give well, me a yeah, lot of shit anymore. about being on a major label and, 
Yeah. Jump my shit, and yeah. that was kind of Warner Brothers. <laughs> well, well, here's the, you know, we, and you have moments he would kind of confront me, and he could get kind of like yeah, up yeah, in your yeah. face. Me, me too. But, yeah, yeah too. but you know, that's his thing. He thought yeah. I was a schmoozer and a kiss ass, but, and stuff but that's like obviously, that. yeah. yeah, that's you know, that's how he was. But you would still see him around all the time. We would all yeah. rub elbows. That was the thing I appreciate now is that everybody was kind of always around. Uh-huh. Like, I remember being at some some scrawl party like the night after like Ohio State lost to Michigan, some devastating game. Like I was, I was like crying at the bar at Larry's about the Buckeyes. Like yeah. what? What's the problem with the watershed guy? But I remember like all the time, like, you know, Jerry would always point out, oh, here comes major label guy. Give me shit all the time. Uh, whatever. Uh, That's fine. It's okay. He was just jealous. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. yeah. But then he signs to wherever he signs to. Yeah. Warner, Warner and Brothers, Joe and I yeah. are walking in the library one night. It's like one morning and we walk in and there's Jerry with some woman sitting at the booth and we're just like, yeah. it was great. I mean, yeah. this, this is the other side of Jerry, right? Yeah. We're like, what's up, major label rock yeah, star? I know. <laughs> like, I know. No, we scooted in. We're like, they're like, I remember oh. when they, they got like, a clothing stipend yeah. and they they yeah. went with a, a like yeah. a, a you know somebody two yeah. in L.A. that helped pick out clothes for them. Oh, wow. By the way, by the way, someone should have done that for Watershed. Where was our management? We looked terrible. But my yeah. point is, for all the times where it was, like, I felt like you know there was animosity and there wasn't always. Jerry's a different guy. But, but we saw each other. All the time, like, yeah. It was like right. I don't know how often, but it wasn't. There were only so many bars. We yeah, run mean, into we, people. We were in constant conversation Tavern, with each other. Oh, Riley, yeah, yeah you always yeah. see everybody around. But that I'm night, still in conversation with Jerry. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, yeah. like yeah. you know, like yeah. like I'm and I, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I fucking wrote a song about Ron House, you know, uh-huh. like, yeah. like for yeah. Bill Reeve, you know, yeah. and it's like, you know, yeah. this kind of conversation, like yeah. you're, you're just like worried about, yeah. not worried, but just like. You're aware of all the people yeah. and what they're gonna think, uh-huh. and, and yeah. I think like when you let that slip yeah. away, you do what you want. Like to back but, back, so we we see him at the library, walk in, he's just signed this deal, like right? we you know, and we're like, you know, we're like, get, we all of a sudden it's kind of our it's kind of our spot. We play with the libraries where the, yeah. we hang out, but we're just like, what's that major label? Blah 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 blah. <sighs> and awesome. you know, but the thing is great is it was almost like pro wrestling where he was like he he laughed like we sat we, yeah. we actually muscled in with him, yeah. gave him a ton of shit, and then we uh, so how's it going? Because he understood. Yeah, yeah, no, but, yeah. but he, you know, but, but like I said, he could be both sides. So there's times where we almost got in fistfights and stashes because he was at my mm-hmm. face. But there was also times like that where I, we gave him a bunch of shit. You know what? He had a good sense of humor about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that was a lot of ways. You would just run into each other at all these different shows all the time. I didn't talk a lot. Like, I would be at stash. I just didn't. I was just like, once again, growing up in Columbus, or I never felt. I would just kind of stand and watch. But... That was, you know, that's just an, like how Jerry kind of go both ways. But he did. We, I still felt like yeah. we liked each other. We sat yeah. there and drank. Jerry, Jerry I mean, yeah, Jerry, yeah. and he would have like, I mean, pour out for Jerry. But you know, like, mm-hmm. like he would, you know, admit it that he was a, a walking contradiction. You know, even mm-hmm. way back when, yeah. you know, yeah. like, yeah. you know, him, you know, like he. There's a story about him because he lived with Jim and Eric and yeah. Bill from the mm-hmm. New Bomb Turks. Yeah. You know, like they shared a house. Right. And then I was on the other side of that house with Matt Majeski and, and uh-huh. Jabali Stewart. And, um, was that in Patterson? No, that was on, uh, 19th. Okay. That was 19th. Where, that was, pa- where on Patterson? Uh, 19th. No, that was on 19th. Yeah, Patterson, where was Patterson? Oh, Patterson was Bela. Yeah. Okay, we were 65. Um, oh, no, you were on Patterson time. with I, I, Eric. Yeah, yeah I was thinking, I was thinking yeah. was on Patterson. I was thinking you lived yeah, in we were that on house. Patterson. No, I didn't know. Okay. It was like you and Chad and Eric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember we played in the kitchen one time. Yeah, the kitchen dome. Kitchen dome. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, like Jerry would like, he'd walk up the steps, you know, and, and Eric's listening to like Gene Vincent, you know, and, and, um, and he was like, you know, Eric, you know, like 
you know, you should really listen to more black music. You know, like I, I can recommend some black music for, you know, like, like, you know, like, like Eric is unaware of little Richard you know? like, you know, or Prince. You know? and, right, right, right. and and he was just like, Jerry, come on, man. You know, like yeah. I like Gene Vincent too, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, it's yeah. okay, you know, but, um, but it, I, I mean, it was really like a, a, a community, you know, record stores and everything like yeah, that you just it was, see everybody all you just run into people all the time yeah. in that area so and you, it, it, it seems more special now when you look back but it was like yeah because we're all like spread apart and yeah. old and yeah. we don't get out of the house and we yeah. you know have kids Colin, I want to talk about um, the transition you made and Watershed made after you got dropped after Twister, the Epic Epic yeah. Records album uh, label album, to to doing Star Vehicle and the more it hurts, the more it works. And and what was the what was the transition <laughs> from that? How, what happened after that? Well, we just you know one of the best calls we got a guy we did not pick to um, produce um, who actually did some of the Spin Doctor stuff, uh, Twister, a guy named Frank Aversa. I remember we went to his apartment and our manager at times like, you should go with this guy. He'll keep things under budget. Diamond's not going to keep things under budget. He's yeah. crazy, you know? And I love Jim, Dress Soul, but we go there and I remember being like, you know, what bands do you like, Frank? And he's like, he's like, well, I like Aerosmith. I'm like, what's your favorite album? He's like, Pump. Right away, I'm like, Cameron is her album. Yeah. And the thing is, that's not a smart answer. That's a dumbass yeah. answer. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? I remember thinking like, not our guy. Yeah. But... Ugh. After he pumps ended, underrated. Pump, no, no, pump is good. It's yeah, the best of the. It's by far the best of the new Aerosmith yeah. albums. By far, we can. We'll talk about it on a love separate, an elevator, man. Yeah, and like just yeah, finding fine. There's some good stuff on there. But anyway, he ended up getting called in the last minute to remix. How do you feel? Blah blah blah. Another David Ellison thing. Like, don't let them remix your stuff. They're just calling in Wee Wee La French to take your money. Uh-huh. Which this wasn't that, but I remember Dave Ellison talking about like remixes. Wow. The label will just have guys remix so they can just give money to somebody else. Yeah. There, there are so many remixes oh, of Time Bomb. Man. Yeah, time, exactly. Time he bomb, said, yeah. beware of that. Wow. But, but anyway, Frank, when we got dropped, he said, you know what? I really, you know, even though we didn't pick him as producer, I really want to record you guys. Next album's on me. So we ended up going to, huh. he had his own studio up in uh, uh, Great Barrington, Massachusetts. So it was, I mean, that once again, it was like, what a lifesaver. Here's this guy. We didn't choose Bruce Alma. So believe in you guys. So we did Star Vehicle. And that mm-hmm. was an amazing experience. And we were getting better. Yeah. And that album, you know, Herb left after the Insane Clown Posse tour, probably with good reasons. That was probably one of the most, you know, I think it's safe to say wait, one of the more brutal. That's a bad wait, move. What? Bad move. You, you toured with Insane Clown Posse? Yes. It's, yeah, it's pretty You friendly. did? And, yes. and what, yes. what, wait, you come played on. with that? Guys, I wasn't going to bring this up. So I thought you, know, everyone, you have to bring I thought, this up. I thought everyone was tired of the story. This is all no, you No, 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 no. ICP. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it, we, it wasn't even a genre. They, Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I thought, yeah, I was like, I'm not even going to go to that old territory. Yeah, we weren't, you know. We got Star Vehicle done. 
we thought it was going to be on this label, whatever, whatever, EMI, didn't work out. Okay, whatever. And then we can't get a gig. Then our sound guy, Troy Klish, who's recently passed away, which is a bummer, knew a guy. And ICP at this point was blowing up and they couldn't get anyone to open for him because <laughs> everyone would just throw stuff at the stage. It was a nightmare. So they couldn't <laughs> get anyone to open. And they're starting to play like three and 4,000 seat places. It's yeah. like opening for Slayer. Kind of. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right? So we're like, well, it's either that or I'm, I'm waiting tables. And we yeah. all along, Watership, we only have like side jobs. We have no reason. So like any good rock and roll band, right? We have no other options. So like, yeah, we'll do the tour. So it's twenty. It's like 20 minutes a night, like 8 to 8, 20, and they play 9 to 10 because their show's sh- short. Yeah. You know, and, and they got Fago, and they, they, you know, they dress up, and there's, you know, clowns, and there's fights, and it's, it's amazing. Like, they spray Fago everywhere. We just Google ICP. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So we took the tour because no one else would do it, literally because everyone was quitting because it was so brutal. How many dates? Like, we did like maybe 25 or 30. Wow. wow. A lot. That's awesome. So the first night we get in Scranton, Pennsylvania, <sighs> And we're excited. We're, 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 maybe we're back. Our album, Star Eagle's out. Yeah. But we're on this tour, and these guys, you know, are, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to play this thing. And we hear the crowd going, Watershed, Watershed. Do the thing. We're like, yeah. Maybe we, maybe, oh, we're no. the, maybe, we had, maybe we're on the radio here or yeah. something. Yeah. We open the door. The whole crowd's chanting, Watershed sucks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we walk Before out. Before you even play. Oh, yeah. And we walk on stage, and it's just like people are throwing stuff at us. And we're just like full on like kids juggalos and it's just it's just a bloodbath every night right because they're not wow. you know we're not even the same genre at all yeah. we're just there oh, yeah. to kill time and we know these kids want to see ICP yeah. right but you know it was like okay we're out here on the road we're playing these nice venues we just got to get through it I'm not going to make teenagers make me cry yeah. we are going to play this show <laughs> and but you know there was ne- but there was never any hope connecting it wasn't like there was anything yeah. so I'm glad we did it and even I was like, I can't believe you guys do this every night. I can't believe you wow. put yourselves through this. I'm like, well, yeah, we can do it. And we did it. Shaggy? Is that, is that one yeah, of the guys? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, Shaggy? Yeah, yeah Shaggy too. But uh, Violent J. He's the regular. Violent J. Okay. And they were super cool. They were, yeah. I really like, I mean, they were cool guys. And Violent <laughs> J is a really cool guy. And they have the whole, you know, mystique going on, which we respected. But yeah, we did, we did that whole tour. <laughs> oh and by the end, God. Herb was like, basically like, I think I'm done. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, you know, because it was just like, it was just like every night you're just getting like, just booed and this and that. Did, yeah. you, did, did you have a merch table? Uh, yeah, yeah. Did Biggie, you sell anything? Uh, not much. <laughs> but, it, you know, the drug lows were young at this point. Like, there was no one at the bar. They were more like getting dropped off in minivans. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, it wasn't like that. I bet now, if you did that now, oh, but we didn't, you'd clean up. At some point, we didn't even, like, you know, we just we just played our set and just did it. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was an experience, but it was the only option we had. So yeah. we're like, yeah, we'll do this. And, you know, like I said, it wasn't, you know, you know it, it wasn't the end of the world. It was not... Fun. I mean, there was, yeah. you know, it was, it was in that way. But, you know, the rest of the days were free. They were cool. We were out playing. But I think at that point, that was kind of like the final straw for Herbs. Like, I just uh-huh. can't do this anymore. I didn't blame them. What did you What did you learn from playing in a, a hostile audience? Like what, what well, kind of things? Well, we played you... for hostile audiences, but there's also a difference between like like people talk about like bad map like pairings. Uh-huh. It's really not close to Watershed and ICP. I mean, no. you got a power yeah. pop band That's and like a rap band. Right. Yeah, That's there's amazing. no there's no there's no common ground. Yeah. yeah, we're playing live instruments. You know, when they heard a chorus, so eventually we started messing around. We start playing like country stuff. We would just we just oh, knew God. there was nothing we could do. Uh-huh. Uh, thank God we were supposed to play the Stone Pony, and like. We were like, we're, we're, I didn't remember this biggie. We were like drinking before. We're playing all Springsteen. 
<laughs> and then, but, but, oh. but they couldn't load their gigantic clown head through the door, so the gig got canceled. I think the hot like rod, Spinal Tap. I think the yeah. rock and roll oh power is like God. we can't let Watershed get thrown off the stage at, at um some point. But you know, you just you grow with it, and then you know Herb decided to move on and do something else. Yeah, we decided to get you know we got a new drummer, Dave Masca, and really from that point on, it opened up. We met Tim Paddle, and and in my mind, mm. and I, you know, don't get me wrong, Twister's a pretty good record. Star Eagle's pretty good better yeah. it's good and yeah. then i thought we really hit our stride with mort hurts i agree july like we, i think we really moved into a band that i think those records i'd play those to anybody in any genre and we've kind of stayed there it just took us a while to find our way yeah so you know we had to go through a little of that pain but it kind of reshuffled the chairs what's the guy's name mike palatin tim paddlin tim, tim paddlin yeah we were up there last week working on new watershed but he was like wow. when you talk about your producer that helped you on on destroy oh boy i mean tim we went up there and met with him and he really I mean, I just can't tell you what he did. I mean, I it's like how you imagine yourself, hearing yourself. And he was a partner in arms. He was so challenging. And we spent like five years in the more hurts. Yeah. But when it came back out, it was like, when you talked about listening to something on the radio, like I was at Ohio Stadium and they played I Can't You Can't Be Myself. Yeah. I can't be, my, I, oh, over the I can't be myself. Whatever the name of our hit song is, I can't yeah. remember. Like over the PA. Like, you know, that's, a, that's, that's you wow. know, if you're from Columbus, you're like, oh, that's, you know, this yeah. is all after 10 years after your career's allegedly been over. Yeah. And all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So Tim really helped us find our way and Dave Masca and, and other people. But those records, I think, really, like, really uh, were the things. Yeah. And we and we had another, you know, kind of good period with all that stuff. Right. So, that's, so, that's a solid, strong record that oh, more it hurts, the more it works. I know. And yeah, listen to Fitch a lot, too. They're continuations. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tim Palin deserves tons of credit for that, you yeah. know, because he really believed in the band and really got our best out of us. Yeah. So um, just, um, yeah, that was... That was cool. Matt, tell us about um, uh, moving from Crypt Records to Epitaph, uh, and and I know there was Information Highway revisited between there, but yeah. tell us a little bit the transition moving to that label. I mean, that's you know, so we did like two records with Crypt, and um, and a singles compilation, a double album, mm-hmm. and um, and then uh, I mean, it's kind of hard, like it's it's a little bit like cloudy for me, but. Um, but I remember we, you know, like we wanted to try maybe finding another label. You yeah. Know? So um, we were talking to um, some people at Touch and Go Records, okay. and um, like we were really tight with a bunch of people at Touch and Go, and um, except for like the one person who makes all the decisions, you know. <laughs> and you know, Corey, Corey's cool, and, and it's like I wanted to, you know, I thought it was good. He was, I mean, he really could have, like, they could have 
put out a new Bomb Turks record and probably done really well with it or whatever. But he was like, yeah, it's just like, you know, I mostly put out my friends band, you know, and it's, uh-huh. and it's his friends bands from like way back in the seventies, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, you know, and, and so it's like, yeah, I, I totally got it. Like he wanted to have this kind of like family vibe on the record and, um, or on the, on the label. And, um, you know, we were also like different. I think the, the last band that, you know, like he put out a peg boy record on, on quarter stick. And, and of course he put out the digits and Lee Harvey Oswald band or whatever. But yeah. Um, so for whatever reason, like, you know, like that didn't work out. So, you know, we, you know, our booking agent was like, I know somebody at epitaph, you know, and, yeah. and, um, and at that point, like, I mean, epitaph had started to sign some of our friends bands, you know, like the humpers and the red ants and, okay. um, and gas huffer and um you know we also like knew like the guys from the offspring and no effects and rancid you okay. know, like would come to our shows and like i mean dexter from offspring would he used to come to almost every show huh. that you know he was he like loved the band you oh, know? Wow. And, and the guys in rancid loved the band and and uh you know, but it was just like, you know, it's really hard to relate, you know, like being from the Midwest and just like, you know, like that kind of like pop punk thing is like mm-hmm. is huge on the West Coast. And like we couldn't relate at all or whatever. But yeah, um, but, but they liked us, you know, like these bands liked us. And isn't we, Epitaph uh, the guy from Rancid's label, Tim Armstrong? No, no, uh, no. Ep- Epitaph is. Um, oh, Gurwitz. Red Gurwitz. Yeah. From okay. Bad Religion. OK. And, right. I'm um, sorry. Yeah. But he he had a huge hit. They had a huge hit with. um the, the first offspring, offspring record, yeah. which sold like, mm. you know, some like 10 million yeah. records, which is a, a big deal. Sure. And like, and we were friends with people that worked there too, you know? Okay. So there was some people from Cleveland that worked there, this woman, Christina. Um, there was, you know, our, our friend John Wall, who played in Clawhammer. Um, he was like the the guy that like ran the, the shipping operation at Epitaph. So... Hmm. He like by himself shipped the first like maybe two or three million records of the of offspring. Wow. You know? So like you know, but we you know like we we met with Brett and we met you know like Brett would fly out to see us when we did some shows with Gas Huffer and and you know he's cool. I mean he he I mean these people like loved New Bob Turks. You yeah. know like they loved like Destroy Oh Boy and. Um, so we're just like, well, f- well, fuck it. They have a lot of, you know, they have money. Like, yeah, they obviously like they maybe they could put us, you know, on a warp tour or something like that. But also like, you know, the Humpers, the Red Ants, yeah. Gas Huffer, the Dwarves, mm-hmm. Zeke, you know, like these are all like our contemporaries kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, you know, going for the same yeah. thing. And I, th- I think Clawhammer... They might have done a record. They did a sympathy record. I think they might have done an epitaph record. But, but it's like we had all these friends there, like cool, like there was a, like a cool group of folks in at epitaph. No, I, re- I remember that um, a single uh, song from the Information Highway Revisited had a video. And it was played on MTV. Yeah, you were in it. Yeah, 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 remember yeah. But, but I remember watching it on MTV. I mean, yeah, with the Mighty Mighty Bostones. Yeah, 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 I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my question though is, I thought after that that there were some 
major labels that oh that wrote yeah you. yeah yeah they, they would send you a form letter yeah. like we got something like rca was just like you know they see you on mtv and they sent us this thing this off like weird like one pager offer yeah and i think eric was just like hey send us some elvis box sets you know <laughs> yeah and it was kind of like you know like rca had bullet Levolta on the you know which was like my friend clay's band and and they the bullet Levolta record didn't really do that great it was like bmg or whatever and so i was kind of like eh, you know make maybe rca is just trying to like grasp yeah. onto something uh-huh. and uh caroline wanted to sign us um and then johan who gave the tape to um to tim at crypt ended up working for american records so yeah so he you know like we were in los angeles and and met with him and he you know like he had a subsidiary like onion records and then he did some stuff with with henry rollins they put out a monk's record and stuff but he he's the one that signed uh slave apartments and yeah, jim shepherd yeah, yeah. And, and v3 yeah and um i you know he wanted he really wanted us to be on american but um i mean we kind of like you know we're like well we don't want to be on onion yeah. You know, we want to be on American proper uh-huh. and we want Rick Rubin to produce. Oh, and let's it, go. And, and it yeah. was something that like, you know, yeah. like he, you know, like that would be the only like, yeah, that's great that you have like this boutique label. Right. But what can you, you know, know what like, can you do? But it's yeah. not, it's like, you know, those records aren't, he put out some great records, but they, you know, it wasn't like a step up from Crypt. Yep. Yeah. You right. know? yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, it would have been, I mean, it would have been fucking cool, like to to work with Rick Rubin. I, mean, I was like, yeah. I was like, I love the Trouble records <laughs> that <laughs> that Rick Rubin did, you know, and 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 refused, not refused, but Fireside did a record with them, you know, some Swedish band, but like, so there was some kind of, you know, on that on the not Onion level thing, not yeah. to, you know, it was perfect major label for yeah. Slave Apartments or, or V three, but um, but then you know like. it was weird you know like like with the epitaph thing we recorded a whole record with no label like our scared straight was recorded with no label yeah Mm -hmm. and we recorded with don depew up in uh who was part of cobra verde up in uh bedford okay in cleveland so we recorded that we sent it to to touch and go and we sent it to you know epitaph and and maybe i don't even know about anybody else but um so scared straight was the first epitaph record then? yeah okay and that that was like demos mm. and they they put it out you know <laughs> like like that so we were just like okay let's you know uh, record it with don depew and and um you know so they signed us to three records and we were the first band that they signed like actually had a contract with oh that they gave an advance to mm. that was from the midwest okay and um you know and at the same time we found out that like you know Brett Gerwitz was was relapsing on heroin so oh, maybe yeah. that had something to do with it yeah. you know like i you know like he wanted he wanted more hardcore yeah. like he wanted like punk you know you know that was like you know blag gave an interview where he's like well yeah we love it you know like you know he's all fucked up on dope and he gave us a lot of money you yeah. know right and yeah. you know but but really we you know like Brett was kind of like great we didn't really know about his drug history or anything mm-hmm. like that like because we were from ohio he would fly us in we'd stay at a hotel that was like in, you know at the hyatt at the riot 
whatever. Oh, yeah. Because it was at the base of his, like, we could walk up the street to his house. Yeah. And so we would actually, like, swim in his pool, meet his kids, watch movies, you know. And, like, none of the, you know, like, the Red Ants would always give a shit, like, I've never gone to his house. I've never, you know, (laughs) I never get put up in a hotel. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. well, you you live here, you know. So, I mean, we had it, like, he, we went to Vegas with him and gambled and, and, I mean, we had some really good moments with Brett, you know, and and uh, it was it was sad when he, you know, like when he relapsed and turned the label over to his dad, and then that's kind of like when us and all our peers got dropped. Oh, you okay. Know? Like, yeah. and so I mean, we were at the end of our contract. Or yeah, you did probably, three records. Yeah, right? the yeah. the third and best record we did for Epitaph was Nightmare Scenario, uh-huh. and um, and you know, I was starting to talk to them about like, hey, you know, like maybe. You know, let's do a fourth record and, you know, let's, you know, like, we'll let Brett produce it, I guess. You know, like yeah, I was yeah. kind of like, like, kind of like, you know, let's get this label invested. But it was like so many things that happened that, that were outside of our control, yeah. you know, where they're consolidating, they're starting anti-records. He was doing the things he wanted to do. He signed mm-hmm. Tom Waits. He signed, you know, like he did, you know, all this stuff that he wanted to do outside of just like punk stuff, you know. question from eric davidson he knows the answer <laughs> ask matt about can't stop selling yayo can't, can't stop selling yayo by d mad clown so that was like a, a columbus rapper he put out like a, a, a cassette single when i worked at singing dog and uh-huh. and he was like pre-icp like he was like huh. wow. full-on clown oh d dash mad clown wow and uh and his song was can't stop yelling yayo and i was obsessed with it like, <laughs> like i was just like can't stop selling yayo yeah yayo is like cocaine, cocaine or okay. crack or whatever yeah. um i i don't know if he, he wasn't part of the short north posse but i was just like holy shit like there's like a legit rapper from columbus you know <laughs> and i didn't i didn't know you know like i didn't know like there was yeah. a whole rap scene going on here that it, a lot of us didn't really know about you yeah know? yeah and which is like a whole other thing that i mean yeah. it's like yeah. an important part of columbus music history for for real you know it's like there's so much yeah. i mean it was like like we're talking about just like white boy indie punk rock stuff right. you yeah know? like and you know white girls also but yeah. um yeah. but i mean there's there's a lot of you know I mean, I'm glad you had Tara on here and Michelle Ishida and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's awesome, you know. And there's a, I mean, there's a lot of stories out there. There's like, you know, Don Parker or, uh, or yeah. you know, like Norm Malone or, you know, like Tootie especially. You know, right. like yeah. there are like, you know, you know, of course the Scrawl uh-huh. people mm-hmm. who are like gods in my, in my book or whatever. But, um, 
but like there, there's a lot of women. There's, I mean, you know, there's just so much to Columbus. Right. Yeah. Music. And I know like, you got to focus on what you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we were, we're you know, as we said last episode, we're, we're planning on doing 20 episodes. Yeah. And uh, and we have a, bu- we're in a bubble. I mean, everybody's in a bubble. Oh, yeah. And so we're... we're, we're, we're we've got a couple of people that were reaching outside a little bit of the bubble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but there's also opportunities for everybody to do their own podcast, to, yeah. get, to focus on what oh, they yeah, know. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, know. Yeah. I, know. I, know. I wish I knew more about the hip-hop yeah. scene in Columbus. Yeah. I just don't. Um, and... Uh, and so, yeah, we want to... Well, and then you have the Neil House scene, too. Right. So, yeah, like, and, and the reason why I'm talking about it is, like, there, uh, you know, back in the in the days before COVID, like, uh, there was a guy that called Ethan Swan who um, was... That I was helping do a show at the Wexner Center for. Like, we kind of, like, we were... Had gotten our executive director to, like, kind of do a show about Columbus music, you know, oh. and, um, and he had like a really interesting perspective too. Cause he was like talking about like the, the entertainment weekly show, but then he, he was at, you know, coming in and going to Neil house shows and he knew there was a lot more going on that even I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and his perspective is, I mean, it was great. You know, it's like, like, I mean, he knows Yolan and, and, yeah. you know, I mean, there's just so much like, I mean, you know, you could do a whole thing on, on, you know, you know, the sons of Willie Phoenix or, you know, like like those, you know, or Andy Harrison. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's just, I keep learning more and more like all the time. Yeah. It's kind of like, it is amazing. I mean, every, every person that we have on the show just tells us, has a great story and stuff. We have no idea that they they have, they know about it. Yeah. I mean, when we asked Mark, Chatfield done the show because he was in the car with Andy Harrison when we called up Andy Harrison. Oh yeah, and it's like that's Holy cool. Shit. You got yeah. him on here. Yeah, that works great. Yeah, so it was just he's like the Eric Carmen of Columbus, <laughs> <laughs> or no, the Wally Bryson. I guess it was serendipity. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Yeah. Um, um, Colin, I, go ahead. I was gonna, uh, I was gonna say I've got a co- question for Colin right. from JD Dallas. All right, how many times did you guys play a show with Cheap Trick? Way less than Insane Clown Posse on Saturday Report. <laughs> like a lot less. Uh, uh, you know, what I was th- your approach? What's that? What's, like when you met Robin Zander, like how do you approach? Oh, well, you know, uh, yeah. well, first of all, I would like wait around backstage, like at the fair and stuff and talk to him and like the Newport, like I was like the guy I would take my cassette, the wire and wait out back and give it to Robin Zander. Because <laughs> I remember one time Biggie and I were hanging out by the dumpster and Xander threw his gum in there, and he's like, "Get that gum!" <laughs> no, and Robin looked at us like, "We're just kidding." But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but then you got it right. <laughs> but you no, know, we we just um, I guess like maybe five times uh, early on when we were figuring out what label to sign with. It, er, that first time, way back at Epic, Frankie LaRocca gave us like a you know Budokan two cassette. Like this mm. is amazing. We're on you know Epic Records. That was the goal was like to be on Epic Records. Yeah, yeah. Trick. And then Frankie hooked us up where we played with him in BTO over in Indianapolis, which is unbelievable, right? We're on this big shed. And then they played the Newport with us mm. the next night. And all the guys in Cheap Trick came to the library bar and they hung out for like three hours. Wow. That's cool. Because they're super cool. Yeah. Right? And there was no phones. And even like, I remember like Bunny walked in. Tom's like, even Bunny's here. Wow. Because they, they kind of remember that we were like those kids that would come to their shows. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, wow, you guys really... Did this and Frankie, you know, knew him because he was a musician and played like with John Waite and a tour with him. Yeah. And he knew we loved cheap tricks. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna make this happen. Um years later, when we got dropped, we played up at the 
whatever the billiards club that big outdoor show and how maggie mm. was doing well yeah yeah I remember that. Kind of, we were there it, yeah it was kind of rough because the rain hit during our show and they're like how do you feel remember everyone sang just a huge yeah. rainstorm rained it out but that was tough because we had been dropped and i was kind of embarrassed like to go back and say because you don't want to go back to being the fan yeah i remember being like kind of like bittersweet you know uh-huh. there and then later on we played with them a few more times and we played with them most recently in myrtle beach and that was after why isn't Chief Trick in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was was kind of going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Rick was like, because uh, Joe lives down there, so like let's open up for Cheap Trick in Myrtle Beach. So we just called yeah. everybody up, and we went down there and played. And um, you know, we basically he was like, tell tell me about they're really nice guys. They got yeah. like, tell me about this band again. They were all getting Aww. kicked out of it because yeah. they're very humble. I'm I'm just a huge fan. So JD like not as many five times, <laughs> way many more times with Insane Clown Posse, <laughs> which went over poorly every single night. <laughs> but uh, but I'm just proud. Any you know anytime we did it, and like I said, those yeah. guys are. You know, like I said, I think it's when you meet, you're young enough, and when you meet like your heroes and they're cool, whether it's Willie Phoenix or mm-hmm. Cheap Trick or the Smithereens, it yeah. has a big impact. Yeah. Or Slim yeah. Dunlop, because these guys were a little, obviously not little, they're way up here. Mm-hmm. And they were just always like really decent and really cool. And it's like, I think that just, you know, I don't know how it would be if you met them. And I'm not saying everyone should meet their heroes, but it did work out with those guys where mm-hmm. it just gave me kind of a guideline, like how I'd like to be as a person. Yeah. So and that's... um. So I think five. I want to ask you, and I need you to maybe maybe give a little bit of background. But the Dead Schembecklers, tell our listeners what that is. Who may not know even who Bo, well, Bo well, Schembechler well, was. Well, once again, it goes back to Cheap Trick, because our buddy Lou Brutus, who we had met when we were playing that show in Chicago where we got added, he was a radio DJ. Uh-huh. We became friends. He ends up out at Sirius XM, and he's hosting. Uh, of Cheap Trick Budokan Revisited. This is when satellite radio was just starting. But he's also in charge of a new station called Fungus, which probably New Bomb Turk should have been all over that. Mm-hmm. It was all just like punk rock. Mm-hmm. But he's like, well, you help me cut some buffer music. So Joe and I come out for a day and like we would cut stuff like, we say fuck a lot, we say fuck a lot, we say fuck a lot, <laughs> Fungus! You know, and we would write stuff with him and record it. And then it's like, then we'll stay and we'll watch Cheap Trick play Budokan in a studio with Jack Douglas mixing. Wow. Yeah. Right? Pretty good trade. Yeah. yeah. So... After we cut all these little things, we all go out together to bar. I don't know what happens, but somehow the idea of what if we did all these jingles and like we took the insanity of Buckeye fans. And I'm a Buckeye fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Matt probably is living here too. But what if we took it and actually made like we really were like hardcore, you know, <laughs> like it it, it, it it really is funny. And it was a, it was just all a shtick. And we put it wet. Lou did most of the work. When I say most, like 80%. Yeah. Did the website, came up with all these things, the Michigan conspiracy. The website's truly hilarious. And then we showed up to open up for ourselves because Watershed used to do a hate Michigan rally. 
and we were dressed up like you know Woody Hayes's, and like within like the days, like our website got five thousand hits. It got 20, it got one hundred thousand hits, and then it became we played once a year on the night of OSU Michigan, and this is after you know, you know, fifteen years of Michigan just kicking our ass. Yeah. So there was an appetite for this. So Bo Schembechler though is it's the coach of Michigan, the dead Schembecklers. Okay. Yeah, obviously dead Kennedys. Yeah. Bo he died. Bo Biafra, yeah. both under. He died the day we were playing the Newport sold out. Mark <laughs> Coleman called us. The New York Times were there. Yeah. Everyone. It was a huge deal. It was like because we we had said dead Schembecklers. We hate Michigan. We had to change it to like we love Bo. And we had to donate all the money. And we oh. only did it. We did it at uh, Old Fields. We did it at Little Brothers. You should have said no. With, with Dasher, <laughs> yeah. with, we did it with Old Fields, then Little Brothers, then the Newport. Uh-huh. And Newport was like sold out. Yeah. You know, like the only time. And and it is, it was a funny act. We're good. We're, it yeah. is. If, you, if you're if you a Buckeye fan and you're, you you haven't seen the Dead Shenbeck was you're missing out. And it's not appropriate at all. Yeah. It's totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, my dad's like, why do you got to curse so much? Like, that's the joke. It's like, we <laughs> yeah. are... And we also started a whole fake back history, which we got Brian Phillips and Aaron Beck to quote. Uh-huh. So Aaron Beck worked for the dispatch. and DJ. So yeah. it got into the actual vernacular that we started the high street riots. So yeah. it reported in the AP. The dead <laughs> Schembeck was this band that started this riots. It was out there. It was everything. And it was just, we just drank beer and showed up. Yeah. And the Newport, the Watershed Live album, we're actually opening for the Schembeckers. That's us. I forgot we were even taping it because we would change clothes and deny we were in the band. It was just a yeah. total fun thing. And, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, I, I, I stand by those records. You know, they're, they're really funny and the band rocked live. Mm-hmm. It was really, it wasn't, you know, so it was, it was something we did just as a total lark. You know, you drink a bunch of beer and next thing you know, you're wearing a Woody Hayes outfit <laughs> singing Michigan Stadium to awesome. pile of shit. And like you said, but it, it is, you know, I, and those songs are pretty clever and fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I, I, I did not know that live record was um, recorded the same night as Bo Schembechler. We, we forgot. We were recording yeah. stuff down the stretch and we, we were pl- opening for that ourselves. And we listened back to it. We're like, man, this is this is a really good yeah. set. Um, but yeah, but the Schembechler's, I mean, you know, it, it's hard to explain like. It, it, no one cares till it's like Thursday before Michigan and all of a sudden it's huge. Yeah. And like, you know, these songs get like tons of play online <laughs> and stuff. And they're, they're, they're basically back to the thing. They're all basically just like Dr. Domeno songs. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? They're all yeah. short. It was super great ideas, but they're fun. And they're, they're just, you know, you know, it's just a thing. So, but yeah. Room into the stall. Got no paper in the thing on the wall, but that's okay, cause I prefer to wipe my ass with Wolverine fur. I wipe my ass with Wolverine fur. I wipe my ass with Wolverine fur. Squeeze the Shorman, hell no, sir, cause I wipe my ass with Wolverine fur. Wolverine fur, it can't be beat. When I rub it on my seat, makes my porcelain time just purr when I wipe my ass with Wolverine fur. I wipe my ass with Wolverine fur. I wipe my ass with Wolverine fur. Don't eat frankincense or murk to wipe my ass with Wolverine fur. I wipe my ass. So, so both of you guys have been in bands for a long time, let's say 25, 30 years, and you've been in the same band for, for about that same amount of time. And this is a big theme in, in Joe's book, Hitless Wonder, about how do you define success? And he says most people define success as either commercial, you know, making money, selling a million records, or critically, that you, you have a lot of good you know, press about the record or the band. And, and I was wondering... How do you, Colin and Matt, define success for your any of your musical activities? 
and and, and what yeah. and and what are you most proud of, or, or what are, what's one of the things that you're proud of in your that musically you've done uh, over the past 20, 30 years? I mean, speaking, of, I, th- I think th- I think when you get to our age, just creating something's always just you have to you have to learn to give yourself a break because a lot of musicians, you know, not a lot or whatever, like they 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 like put everything away or they can't deal with it or they you know they they're stuck in the past or don't want to move on. And I get all that, but at some point you've just got to do the best you can do. And maybe that's the best you can do mm-hmm. if that may, you know, so if you play a gig and maybe it's not the best, at least you played a gig. If you did a record and it's, you know, I'm not saying you're trying to not do the best you can. And I think getting older, you just get better. Generally speaking, we get smarter. Like if you take classes now, you don't fail. You know what I mean? You just want to do better. Right. When you're a parent, you want to do better. You just kind of just, you can't help but do better. But at the same time, you know, just you know, hey, we're playing a gig or we're going to put out a single or whatever. I'm just, I'm just glad we did that. That's cool. That's cool. We Mm -hmm. did something because it takes so much effort and it's so easy to not try or do anything or stay committed to music or live in the past or whatever. So I, I just, for myself, I just, you know, just anytime, you know, you're doing something or creating something or playing music or doing this. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, so that's pretty cool. That, that's how you would kind of define success. Absolutely. Yeah. At this point, yeah. just, just getting across any milestone, you have to just look at your friends that you're around you and say, we, we even pulling off a gig, getting yeah. rehearsals together. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it takes a lot. It's an accomplishment. Yeah. And of yeah. course you go back to your own ego where maybe you'll get out of yourself or for a moment, but you realize we're alive. We're healthy. We played a show. We recorded a song. Mm hmm. And that's pretty great, yeah. you know? Um, so that's, I would say for me, that's what I try to just, you know, yeah. that's what I measure it right now. What, what do you think, Matt? Um, I mean, I have like different levels of success, you know, like where, you know, like, I mean, all the bands that I've been in, you know, I mean, even, you know, filling in for, um, you know, like a hair metal band in high school or whatever, like, I mean, it was it's all about like, you know, friendships and, and relationships with, with people, you know, like creating stuff with people, having fun, yeah. the times in between practicing when you're, you're talking yep. bullshit, gossiping or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, we like, we like, I mean, you've been in a band with me, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's like, you know, there's a lot of fucking talking, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, a lot right. of talking, yeah. Yeah. like you got to remember to yeah. practice yeah. <laughs> yeah. sometimes. And, yeah. um, you know, but it's, you know, like the other, I mean, like putting out the you know the first split single with new bomb turks like that mm-hmm. was that to me was success. i mean it was like these different levels of success like that mm-hmm. was i was like okay if you right. know if i die now you know fine yeah. like i did a split with gaunt and then the first record or whatever uh, um i mean but but really like i mean i i've been lucky enough to to make records and tour um and i have a lot of friends in town you know, that around music, um, I've made a lot of friends like in almost every city that I've gone to people that I'm still in contact with. Yeah. Um, and you know, all, all over the world, really. I mean, like, I, you know, I've just, I've, I'm kind of like, I have to like pinch myself sometimes, you know, like when I'm just talking to like, you know, you know, people in France or about the election or, you know, Sweden or Japan or whatever, you know, or yeah. Australia. And it's, you know, I mean, I, I'm part of like a big, like there's the Columbus scene, but I'm, you know, new bomb Turks were part of like an even bigger scene, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, and 
I mean, for a guy that's like, I'm, I'm like a fan of music first before I was in a band, you know? So like, you know, I've been able to like see bands that I've never thought I'd see. And some of them like, I mean, you saw Showcase Showdown, right? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Like, you know, some of them nobody knows about, you uh-huh. know? Yeah. And, you know, they might've put out a record or something like that, but like, I don't know. The relationships that I've had, I mean, it's, that is success to right. me. But also like there is like a, like an actual success with New Bomb Turks where, you know, we can still, you know, barring all our health and pandemics mm-hmm. and all that stuff, like, you know, we can play shows around the country. We can go mm-hmm. to Europe, mm-hmm. you know, and, and see our friends in Europe still like, I, you know, and come home with money. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like, you know, like, I mean, I'm I'm fortunate for that, you know, like it'd be enough for me to go over, break even, come back, you know, if I mm-hmm. could see all my friends over there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but really, I mean, we we're lucky. I mean, like we're, you know, we were on, you know, a couple good record labels, you know, like we, you know, people, we have fans, we have people that have called us an influence. Yeah. Um and it's, I mean, it's, it's weird, you know, it's like really fucking weird, you know, like, because like we're as influenced by any other band, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, but it's, I don't know. It's it's just nice being part of like a musical community and, and really just like meet people. And that's, that the success is for me is the friendships, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. yeah. all my Medina friends from Odie Bontai <laughs> moved to Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. So like... They moved to Los Angeles, and the only time I would see them is when the band would come through town. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I got to meet, you know, continue on relationships with them. And when, when we were going out to, to meet with Epitaph, I would hook up with my high school friends from Odie Bontai, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, like the band, you know, band that I had, we'd go to the Tiki T or we'd go wherever, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. like I would go to Seattle and I'd see Jabali, you know, yeah, like yeah. I would, you know, like there's, there's like people scattered all over that I got to like check in with because my band was on tour. Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool. So like, that's like probably the luckiest thing, you know, is is like the friendships and, and the ability to travel and, and, you know, maybe make a little money, but that's, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pay for a plane ticket. That sound you hear is Don B. singing Batman, and that means it's time for our speed round questions. Lyndon, do you have a speed round question for our guests? I do. The first speed round question is, what were some of your favorite local bands in the 80s and 90s? Colin. Well, you guys have mentioned so many bands already. So the obvious ones growing up were Ronald Cole, uh, Willie Phoenix, R.C. Mob, Toll. But then once I got down on campus, there were so many good ones. I mean, Greenhorn... But to try to mention some different ones, a huge Haynes Boys fan. That was mm-hmm. cool. Um, Flying Saucers. Not a lot of people know that uh, Dan Spurgeon played on the Twister album. Yeah. Uh, he played guitar, ghost guitar, it says on the credits. Him and Sean. Yeah, they were out there touring around. Sean Beal. Right. Yeah, they were there. So we got them up there to play. Yeah. And uh, that was uh, that was cool. They were in town visiting. And, and like I said, it was just great to hang out with them and have them come up and, and do that. Um I'm probably forgetting more bands, but, but uh, Haynes, you know. Haynes Boys is a good one, yeah. Haynes Boys is a good one. I, I wrote on all the bands we used to play with, which is pretty funny. Like, Scrawl, obviously. 
I'm not covering new ground. Uh, Pretty Mighty Mighty, Earwig uh-huh. are, are huge ones Yeah, for us. Um, anyway, there's there's some bands. That's a good, that's a good list. Uh-huh. Epicureans, I should say I mean, too. Yeah. Epicureans. Uh, Scrawl, of course. Uh-huh. Greenhorn. Yeah. I mean, green like, you know, Greenhorn was, was magical. Um, I, I mean, there's whatever. Gaunt, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. I mean, there's so yeah. much yeah. shit, you know. Like those are some of the ones, though. That you. Oh well, yeah, I mean, lo- yeah. I feel like you know. I'm sure I'm missing like thousands. Sure, you know. Yeah. It's been a long. It's been a long interview, so I'm not gonna hold. No, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> so, what were your? Um, I just switched gears with you, Matt. What were some of your favorite local records from the '80s and '90s? '80s. I mean, I like really like the Scrawl records, of course. Uh-huh. Um, I really liked. Uh, I mean, I liked the Gaunt records, um, Slave Apartments records. I mean, like all the Data Panic shit. Really, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm sure there's like a bunch of other shit. Like I, I just. I mean, if you had to pick one uh, New Bum Turks record to give to somebody to say this is this is representative, what would it what would that be? Oh, night, Nightmare Scenario. Nightmare Scenario. Yeah. Okay. Because I I think it's like it has the energy of Destroy Oh Boy, you know, but it, like the songs are are better. Okay. And it was like a the the second birth of the band with a new drummer. Yeah. Know? Okay. Like, I, I, like that's the one I'm most like I'm happiest about. Like okay. I mean, Destroy Oh Boy is probably the definitive fan record or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. but, um, but yeah, that, that, that one was like, I felt like our songwriting and, and like, we really kind of like tightened up our whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Sam added a new dimension, I think to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Record. And we recorded with Jim diamond and it was, yeah. it was great. I mean, like, like he was like the easiest person to record with. So, so Colin, what were some of your favorite local records from the eighties and nineties? I mean, definitely wore out the hands boys guardian angel. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, John Chen did an EP called "I Can't Believe You Live Like That," um, which you know is that pretty mighty mighty or a different one? It was a solo record, oh. but you know, he grew up. Him and Neil were right behind us in Worthington, uh-huh. and uh, I don't know that 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 EP. It's like a nine song EP. It always is like stuck with me as like a really cool uh, testament of that. Um, the Wilds Colors of the Year, yeah, you know, I think is an amazing record. Where I just couldn't believe you know anyone could do anything like that cool. Um, you know, and like I said once again. A lot of these albums like have been touched on by other sure, people. Yeah, you know, obviously, yeah. uh, "Honeysuckle Strange" by Helen Maggie was a good record. These yeah. are bigger ones. Oh, uh, "Nothing But Rock and Roll" by Willie Phoenix. I mean, Willie has like sixty records, yeah. Yeah. but uh, the the one he did with the True Soul Rockers, "Radio Simplicity," and I think "Nothing But Rock and Roll" by Willie Phoenix, which is out of print, uh-huh. is an amazing rock and roll record. Yeah. Um, I mentioned before the Toll's first album didn't do much, but I felt like I should mention that their second album was produced by Matt Wallace and it's called Sticks and Stones. So if you want to write them off, give that album a listen if you can find it. It's a really it's a it's a really cool rock and roll record from that era. Cool. Because they were a big band from that time. You know, right. when you were growing up, they were uh, kind of around so, um, same question that I asked uh, Matt. What what would you present someone if they've never heard Watershed? Uh, which, which Watershed record would you give them first? I'd probably say Fifth of July. Okay, I say it's the best one. Or the EP we just did last year with Tim, the four song one that came out with Herb because yeah. it was just just a three piece extended play. Is that what? Yeah, it's I mean it's pretty cool that yeah. we cut out something with the same three, you know, the same guys and put it out. So I'd say Fifth of July and then uh, extended player. Yeah. Uh, give that a, give that a spin. Okay. So what's your favorite memory of a show at a local venue? Colin. Well, 
New Bomb Turks at Bernie's so loud I had to leave. But we'll just, you know, that was unbelievable. You guys, how loud were you guys? Like, I don't know. I'm ready to back out of there. I was like, I cannot handle this. I, I'm yeah. a loser. I mean, Jim had Jim yeah. had like it an open, open back, uh, you know, Fender Twin. Yeah. That probably like it was, just killed everything. I think I learned uh, from Greenhorn and you guys to, to bring uh, earplugs, earplugs to shows. Yeah. That's yeah. when I started doing the earplugs. Yeah, but I would say in general, um, probably seeing Willie Phoenix at Bernie's or at Ruby's on a regular basis because he would yeah. do two or three sets. Yeah, and he had the crowd in the palm of his hand, and I was aware of that. This doesn't happen everywhere. You don't just see pay five dollars. Yeah, and yeah. watch a guy play original rock and roll for the most part all night that yeah. well. Yeah. It was just like master class was in. Was like, it I, even five dollars? I mean, I don't. Think I mean, it was at that Bernie's much. it was yeah. probably a buck or yeah, two. Yeah, but you know, so I just I was aware that like you could have. Prince, Bob Dylan, or Springsteen watching Willie, and they'd be like, "Well, maybe he's the best. He could be." <laughs> I mean, because that was so. I I think the, the you know there's a lot of great band shows through the years, uh-huh. but I would say overall, just the fact that yeah. I could had access to watching Willie Phoenix just all the time was just you know what a, what a gift. What yeah. a gift as a music fan. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Like, uh, is this what? What's the question? What's like the uh, favorite, favorite memory of a show at a local venue? Okay, I have I have too many, but. Um, I'll just, I mean, seeing Razor at Apollo's, um, like... Two bass, two drums? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And Chris, the singer, I mean, like, that was the first, like, local band that, like, like really kind of blew me away. Okay. Just because they were just, I mean, it was the most fucked up thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, like, you know, as far as, like, perform, like, I got so much joy... <laughs> out of seeing Barbar Dolls. Oh, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. really just like, I mean, there was no band like that in Columbus. Right. Um, like, like a rock and like a, just a sleazy rock and roll band um, that made me, you know, miss Cleveland pretty much. And, <laughs> um, and so like, I, I mean, I, I had some really great moments with, with Jim Weber that uh, the summer of love that we always talk about, you know, <laughs> right. we're like, like, Bill and and Eric went home to Cleveland and Jim and I hung out and we, you know, we, we saw them a bunch. Like they, they played Apollos with laughing hyenas. And I think that was like, probably like the pinnacle. Um, and, and really, I mean, like I have too many, but it's like seeing scrawl is always great. Just singing, singing along to scrawl songs. And, and same thing with, you know, for me with, with Greenhorn, like my wife and I have like, you know, conversations with myself. It's like our song. It's like our first song or whatever. And that's our our theme song. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, like, I mean, we love that fucking song and and those guys are all my, you know, they're they're friends and stuff. And, um, and, I think like we only recently, I think Elisa was just like, you know, you know, that's our song, Dan, you know, or whatever, you know, but, um, but yeah, just like, like those kind of like shows are always great. I mean, that's, you know, it's just like a, a big cloudy memory of of that stuff. Um, well, but it, it, I've witnessed a lot of like funny shit that I would embarrass other people. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to talk about. It. <laughs> Hens- Hensley Sturgis, by the way, that had Hensley Sturgis had right. a second segment. Where William, I think their second album. I love that record. I've got the two CDs. I think yeah, they had, yeah. second one. I was yeah. like, 
But anyway, just jumping back in. All right. No, that, that's good. Okay. Make sure we shout out some of the guys here as I'm thinking last, about it. Last question, and we might have already touched on this one. Um, what's the first local show you remember seeing, and at what venue was it at in Columbus? Mine, it, Willie Phoenix at Bernie's. Yeah. You're sneaking in down there and seeing him play solo and, you know, your Ohio State. Because I tried to get in. He was playing, like, opening up for the Georgia Satellites at the Newport and I was too young to get in, so I tried to say I was like on a newspaper. I tried all these ways, but I couldn't get in there. Like but but yeah, so first thing, you know, when I could sneak in the back door, seeing Willie, and, yeah. and he played solo and played New York is Burning. So yeah, it's not, a, it, I think a lot of people, sure, he's kind of like Kiss Alive of the local oh, music scene. Oh, we've heard scene. that a lot. Yeah, so yeah, yeah Willie, Willie's the guy you went to see. So Willie yeah. Phoenix was my first one. Yeah. 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 Um, the first, I mean, in Columbus, probably like RC Mob. Uh-huh. You know, because yeah. we had like my friends and I had just seen them a few months before open for the replacements in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those those shows in the in the Newport. I mean, it was like yeah. RC Mob. I'm I'm pretty sure we saw um, Ronald Cole mm-hmm. at at the at the Newport, and then we saw Wire. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Screaming Urge, and I don't yeah. even know what order. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah but yeah. like that was like those are the first shows. <laughs> I know, is anyone bummed out? There's not better live footage of the mob anywhere for all that time yeah. on Warner Brothers. It's so weird. I know yeah. they're the best live band. Yeah. ever. Right, and like you go, you know, there's just there's there's more footage of us like horrible, like <laughs> from clubs in Jacksonville we weren't even signed than there are the yeah. RC Mob, yeah. and it's like I wish someone would have taken the time to just capture one of those things because it was so there's, there's like freaking one, good. There's like one mid room camera Cincinnati show or something. Oh, one, wow. one on the side you can see Andy Man's in the mosh pit. Oh really? And, yeah. I, and I should also shout out what a big difference Andy Man was to local scene by supporting because yeah. he yeah. really put local music into regular rotation when yeah. it wasn't cool. Mm. And he stuck with it. I mean, mm-hmm. he did that all on his own. And Andy Man, and that, the late great Andy Man, really that helped. Us, that was a big deal for this scene. And not even necessarily as like the local. No, three minutes of he just throw it in there. He just threw it in there. He just threw it in the regular rotation. He had confidence in the yeah. scene. Yeah, and that really just you know lifted all boats. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But if anyone out there has good mob live footage, man, I'd love <laughs> to see it. Hey Pat, I've been listening to the same records for a while. I need some new pulp in my juice. Well, I have no idea what that means, but why don't we head on over to Use Kids Records? Well, that sounds fantastic, but I'm not looking to spend a lot, and I'm not sure what I want. No problem. Use Kids has both new and used records, and they even have a dollar bin. They also have singles, CDs, DVDs, and even a magazine and puzzle section. Well, sounds like they have everything I could want. Uh, where are they located, Pat? Scenic 2500 Summit Street, Columbus, Ohio, right by Summit and Hudson, just off 71. Easy drive from campus or anywhere. Use Kids Records for all your music needs. Okay. Um, now we're going to go to the trivia questions. Yeah, all right. All right, you guys ready? Oh, shit, yep. yeah, I know, sure. this is now when you're, you're sure. mentally yeah. tired. Best time, yeah. Um, yeah, my head's burnt. Okay, now in the part of the sh- is the part of the show where we come to the dreaded trivia questions, the part that crushes all of our guests oh, at man. the end of the show. <laughs> I have two trivia questions for each of you. One, one, two for Colin and two for Matt. Colin, about 32 years ago, Watershed recorded a song called Freedom mm-hmm. that has the lyric that goes, quote, I just want to play like blank. Willie Phoenix. <laughs> Willie Phoenix. That was an, <laughs> Remember that all was a, Willie, yeah. That was an easy one. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, that was an easy one. Okay, Matt, this is a trick one. Okay. I'm telling you up front, it's a tricky one. How many 10-inch records... Do the new bomb Turks appear on? Oh, do we appear on? Yes. 
Oh god. I mean we got the drunk on cock, we got the the European one, we got the Christmas one. Uh three. Four. What's the fourth and, one? Um you do the uh the long run? Yeah. Uh, and then the the ten inch tapeworm, uh, the the one that came out oh, with the reissue. Oh, I forgot the new one. That yeah. doesn't count. It's a reissue. <laughs> <laughs> that that wasn't released in the eighties and nineties. Uh, didn't say the eighties or nineties. Oh, okay, sorry, okay. sorry, Matt. Yeah, you're right. This is not yeah. a competition. Though. Yeah, it's yeah. just a demonstration. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good try. Um, let's see, Colin. Yeah. In this, I'm going to give you a harder one. All right. I was going to give you an easy one, of which the answer was Dash Rip Rock, but All you've right. already mentioned them too many times. The hype sticker on the Watershed album, The More It Hurts, The More It Works, says oh, that it features, quote, four international runaway smashes. Awesome. <laughs> name, name three of the four international runaway smashes that are listed on the hype sticker for that album. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's hilarious. I, didn't know we had, I can't remember we had a hype sticker on that. I don't pay attention to the artwork. So that's, that's like a, a cheap trick reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We did on the last EP. We did get the hype sticker, and Marcy called us the cheap trick of yes, right. That's a good quote. Yeah, right? is, yeah. You, know? you got three good quotes yeah, if I remember that, right. Yeah. But anyway, you're like, say something. Right? She's yeah. so nice to us. She she remembers battle of the bands back at East Dallas. You know, yeah. she, took, she saw us lose. She took pity on us. <laughs> um, okay, let's say okay. From that album, I would say, well, can't be myself. One that is one. Even though I I don't know why we do this black concert T-shirt. No. Okay. Mercurochrome. Yes. Anniversary. Yes. Okay, this is that's tough. That's three. You right. only had to answer three out of four, but can oh, you get, the, four, oh, can you get the first one? I mean, I hope we said over too soon. Over too soon. Ah. Ding, 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 ding. That's such a good one. So you got oh. four out of five. I'll give you that one. That's all right. I, that I thought maybe, but I think we wouldn't go back to the well on black contra t-shirt. I shouldn't have said that. But that's pretty good. Uh. Considering I didn't know we even had a hype sticker, so that's great. <laughs> okay, Matt. On the back of the Bell Reeve CD, there's a photo of a drive-in store. What is the store advertising that is it is selling, and how much is the store selling it for? It's like brains twenty-five cents. Brains twenty-five cents. Yes. Wow, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you got it. What you know? What you know? Uh, the front cover. The clown? Yeah. 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 Do you know who that you know what that is? That Elisa, right? That's a picture of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, I renamed that album. That C D doesn't have a name. It's just called Bell Reeve. Yeah, yeah. And I call it clowning around with. I put, <laughs> I put a sti- <laughs> I put a sticker on there, clowning yeah, around with Bell Reeve. I don't know why I do that yeah. that sort of thing. And then Elisa did the artwork on the split with Guided by Voices too. That was like a drawing that she did. Oh. For okay. the Salt King. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I know that one. Um, we're we're going to post all those these photos and things on Facebook. Yeah. Um, hey, I want to thank both of you yes. guys for being thank here you. for Whatever. about four hours. Four hours. Yeah. We're going to uh, do another four. <laughs> we, we might Season this two. This might be a two-parter. Season two and a half. We, just, <laughs> we condensed 32 years into four hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good, oh, there's, yeah. there's so many things we didn't hit. Um, I know. But we just I love, have a lot of questions for Colin still. I love the fact that you guys came here together and we didn't, even get, we didn't even get to talk about the Woolly Phoenix tribute machine. Um, oh, yeah. We're going to have tons of uh, prizes in the mystery prize that are going to be related to... Willie Phoenix and Watershed and Bell Reeve and New Bomb Turks and the book Joe Joe Eastrike wrote. So um, again, thank you very yes. much for being thank you. Yeah, part of the cool. podcast. Thanks for doing this. No problem. Thank you it's very awesome. much. Wow, another great episode, Pat. Yes, so many good stories and funny stories too. Absolutely. What'd you learn today, Linda? I learned that Kiss played a role 
in uh, the start of both of their musical careers. Yes, Kiss. It seemed like they they both loved Kiss when they were growing up. Um, yeah, I'm, did you love Kiss when you were young? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure around that our age range. Yeah. That Kiss uh, influenced a lot of the young men. Probably. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I learned that um, Kiss also played a role, but in a different type of uh, different type of Kiss. Both huh? both Colin and Matt were kissed on stage oh, by different musicians. Yeah. Colin was kissed by Tommy Stinson of the Replacements, and Matt was kissed by uh, I think his name is Matt, the guitar player for the Candy Snatchers. Yeah, so that was pretty pretty funny. Right. So uh, I think uh, we're gonna kiss this episode goodbye. Oh, Linda, wanna, uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you all for listening. Um, if you want to see any of the items that we talked about, uh, we're gonna be posting images and links on our Facebook page, and uh, that's Facebook slash local waste music i'll also be posting upcoming guests on facebook instagram at twitter again all at slash local waste music and i want to remind our listeners that the, if they heard the mystery word oh mystery <laughs> they can go to our sponsor use kids records yeah. and say the mystery word mystery and then go <laughs> and then they'll win a prize if they go and check out our facebook page to see what's all in that prize it's huge and great this yeah. time i would also like to thank uh, jenny may for her music that we're listening to right now and greenhorn for the music that we listened to at the very beginning of the show and the music that you heard throughout this episode both parts from uh, matt and colin's bands yeah thank you very much for the use of that music bye bye all right we'll say podcast right with the with the harmonica part there we go. And ladies and gentlemen, a special bonus here for the listeners of the podcast all the way to the end. Colin Gow. Yeah. I used to spend my days coping down doing playing video games. Then I hit the big four. My mom came downstairs and said, boy, something has to change.
<laughs> we slapped it together with paper and paste. We hope you enjoyed our show, Local Waste. We hope you enjoyed our show, Local Waste.